so vain. I'm pretty sure this song is about me. I'm so vain. Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you? Don't you? Uh, today is Tuesday, March 17, 2020. My name is Jobatans, and I do a little show called This Jobat. What? What? Me or her? Me or her? What? Don't be looking at me, dude. Don't be fucking looking at me, dude. Me or her? Like I said earlier in the show, I said this is this job at times, and that today is Tuesday, March 17th, 2020, and um, not a lot to report today. Um, I did have to land up, uh, well, let's talk about it. I, for some reason, I feel bad talking about it when the music is on. And so uh, I saw the Discord that this Laurie Roggin, the original plan was I was not going to do a This Jobatans today. We were going to instead have a very special episode of That Old Chestnut where we were going to uh, do a video episode where we looked at Laurie Roggenkamp's dad's uh, audition for Live with Regis and Kelly. The problem is that Laurie cannot figure out how to um, uh, get the actual video uh, she has the audio. We might just have to do the audio. She's gonna have to just get over it, and we should just do the audio. I don't know why. I don't understand why the video is so important, but I haven't watched it. I've heard a little bit of the audio. But I haven't watched it. I uh, woke up this morning, which if you remember, yesterday was a really rough day. You know, a friend asked to borrow eight hundred fifty dollars. It did. That was the 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 end of the night. But like, it was just a day yesterday of everyone asking me for things. Asking me for favors, asking me to help them with something. And it just got to be overwhelming. It was a very overwhelming day. But um, I uh, today was a lot easier of a day. I did wake up and my parents weren't here. Now, the interesting thing, my parents who on Sunday... Oh, I forgot I have that. Interesting. Okay. On Sunday... Um, I went to go see a friend of the show, Jean-Paul, and went and got ice cream. And when I came home, like, I had to change out of my clothes. They were freaked out that I left and that I went to L.A. And so I had to, like, not enter, not touch anything when I entered the house, wash my hands, gargle with Listerine, um, change my clothes, like, the whole thing, right? Surprised I didn't have to take a Silkwood shower. I basically made that joke only for Haley's mom. Anyway, uh, so... There was that. So then, and then they, they, I told them, I go, why? I, I mean, I was very careful there. She was like, you can bring something back to us, Joey. We are over 65, and you're going to bring something back to us. And, you know, you're going to infect us, and you'll be fine. So, whatever. I wake up this morning. They're gone. They're not here. But I was thinking, A, 
because today was the first like actually like not rainy day in like a week. So I know my mom didn't want to get out of the house and walk around. So there's a park down the street. I can't even explain in previous episodes that she can walk on because it's not painful for her. Even though she got this, my mom did get a couple of weeks ago. She got a um, uh, a shot. Um, what are those? Shots? I, I've actually had one. I forget what those shots are called. Um, somebody will know on the Discord. Uh, but um, one of those shots that like. Makes you all feel better. I forget what it, it, I forget what it's called. Um, and uh, now she she's in a lot less pain. But uh, she's but anyway. I thought maybe they went to the park, right? Because the park's safe. You know, everyone's look. I don't live in. I live in a suburb, so everyone is very spread out. So like, you could go to the park and be very very safe. No, no coronavirus. Nope, they didn't go to the park. A cortisone shot. Thank you, Haley's mom. A cortisone shot. But she had to have a cortisone shot done by an anesthesiologist because they went in with a long needle and, and shot it like right into her spine. Anyway. So, um, nope, they didn't go there because, you know, they obviously eventually came back. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe that I know there was talk of taking food. To, I have a, a grandma who's in her 90s and my, well, my grandma, my grandma and my grandpa are in their 90s. So I was like, maybe it was my, um, they took uh, stuff to my grandparents, like food to my grandparents. Uh, nope, they did that later today. Uh, nope, it wasn't that. It was, um, they went to the supermarket? I don't know why. And then, so my mom came back, she goes, there's, there's no food, Joey. There's no corn tortillas. There were no this or that. And I go... What's funny is not it oh, that turned out to be an embarrassing story. So then she and I got in this big fight because I was like, well, there's a Mexican supermarket down, you know, like a mile or two away. I go, why don't you go to the Mexican supermarket? Joey, I'm not going to go to the Mexican supermarket. I go, and I go, I think you're being racist. I think you're insinuating that because it's a Mexican supermarket that they're dirty. She goes, no, I'm not. I don't think they're dirty. I think, though, that um, I think that. Mexican people, though, which, again, I'm Mexican. My parents are obviously Mexican. A lot of those Mexicans, Joey, the ones that go to the market, they'll just go if they're sick. They don't care. They don't care if they're sick. They'll just go. And I was like, oh, so fucking racist. So um, I talked a lot on the phone today. Well, then, you know, we had breakfast. And then um, my friend called me. uh, Shocking. I don't think we had a lot of time to talk about this yesterday, but... This friend of mine called me and told me this super complicated story when we were talking on the phone. It made no sense, and it was, like, super detailed. It was so detailed, and, you know, I'm obviously insinuating that he was lying, but I don't think it was a lie to, to scam me. I think the lie was out of embarrassment and to save his pride. Right, so he was telling me this whole complicated lie about how he he went into an on he was applying for a credit card and went to an online no he i don't I don't even know the story was super complicated, and it raised a lot of questions, you know, like well, if that's something about basically like someone took all his credit card information, so his credit card had to shut it down and send him a new card, and he was waiting for this card, but he needed to pay this bill. That actually would have been an easier story, actually, than the one he told me. The story he told me was much more complicated. So, uh, 
but it still raises the question where like well is that your only source of like because this is you should know and this is hard because you don't know who i'm talking about this is an old friend of mine probably the, the friend that i've known the longest in my life who has had um to someone who's not from Hollywood would think he has had great success in Hollywood. I happen to know that it's been like middling, uneven success in Hollywood, right? He's worked. And um, and from a very, from right out of college to, I guess, like now, he's been a very, you know, a somewhat successful writer and producer. And so, uh, I had sort of gotten the hint that he wasn't doing well, just on things that he was saying. But, uh, but I mean, I think I think it took a lot of pride swallowing to ask me for the money. And uh, so that's why I think he made up this super convoluted story. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I wish it made me sad that he didn't just come out and say it. But. Um, but uh, I, I don't, I don't hold it against him for making up the lie. And look, there, there were so many. If I wanted to be a dick, there were so many questions I could have asked. You know, um, and this is where I disagree firmly with Laurie Rockingcamp. I don't know if you guys heard the episode yesterday with Laurie Rockingcamp, but she was vehemently against me lending him this money. And which, by the way, I'm using the word lend, but I want everyone to know I've pretty much written this money off. I, 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 I'm not expecting to see the money back. If I expect to see the money back, it ruins the friendship. But, um, <clears throat> you know, this is a person I've known my whole life. Uh, and uh, I know it, it must have been very difficult for him to... Very, very... You guys, I, you guys don't understand. It must have been... I understood that. I think that's what made me so sad yesterday. But it must have been so difficult for him to ask me for that money. And so he... I, I almost, in a weird kind of way, appreciate that he made up the lie. Uh, but it, it was unnecessary and actually just bored me. And so, um, yeah, I just randomly gave someone $850 today. But but you have to understand something is, and maybe this is a Latino thing. I don't know what it is. So he and I have a very weird history, okay? A very strange history. Not strange, but, like, we have a long history. And um, uh, it didn't come from the fat camp tier. Um, and... Um, he, uh, we, when we met, we met in grade school, and the grade school we went to, um, had two classes per grade. Okay. So the grade school we went to had two classes per grade. And he joined the school in fifth grade, but he was in the other class. Okay. I, I didn't have him in my class. He was in the other class. And, um, we heard about each other because I think people both in both classes were like, oh, this guy's very funny and this guy's, you know, whatever. And in the weirdest turn of events, in the weirdest turn of events, uh, it turned out my mom 
was friends with his parents growing up. They grew up on the same street. Uh, I think one day my mom was picking me up and she bumped into them. I was like, oh my God. And so, um, yeah, so my pa- my mom grew up with his parents. Uh, his parents lived on the same street then landed up dating and got married. So, um, so they became friends. And so uh, we had moved what, at the end of my six- – so and then in sixth grade – he and I joined classes. And we were in the same class, so um, so then we became like best friends right away. And um, and then at the end of sixth grade, um, his family was moving to Orange County. My family was moving to Orange County, and so we left the school together. They'd already put him in this one school, so my mom just put me and my brother in that school. And so then we continued ha- being friends at this new school. Okay. And Orange County. Then we went to different... We, we stayed friends, but we went to different high schools. He's the one that got me into magic. Uh, and then he went to UCLA. I went to UC Irvine. We stayed friends. We remained friends. I'd go see him in his plays. He was in plays and stuff. And then um, and then after college, I don't even know what he did immediately after college, but then he became he became a writer uh, in L.A. very quickly. He wrote on different shows. I don't want to name them, but he wrote a bunch of different shows and stuff like that. And then he got his own show and all this drama. And at, on one of his many shows that he's had, uh, he knew I wanted to be... Uh, not I wanted to be. I was already writing, but it, it was when my movie that I was writing that still has never been made, but at the time was um, in the process of supposedly getting, I guess technically it's still in the process. Anyway, we'll do a whole this Joe Batanz about the movie one day. And um, he, he called me and he said, I'm writing this show. I'm on this. I have this show. And do you want to come over and write an episode for two weeks? Now, he and I have always had this very friendly, competitive friendship. So it was never mean-spirited, but there was always a competition. So I don't really know how to explain it, but there really was this... Like, for instance, I don't know how to explain it. Like, to show me up, he would always take me to, like, really expensive dinners or buy me expensive gifts. Okay? If that makes any sense. That was how he was going to show that I'm more successful than you are and and stuff. And I would trust me, look, I'm one of the people who, like, I have a huge ego, but I've just gotten used to that. You know, like, all right, thank you. I say thank you. That's what I say. Uh, And um, uh, I don't feel embarrassed by that. But, I mean, I knew knew what he was doing. So when, when we did that, so there, when you have a television show, there are union shows and non-union shows, and depending on who they're affiliated with, um, they're union or non-union. So, like, what's really shocking is even, like, super big shows are non-union. It really depends, honestly, if they're with a network or not. They would rather be non-union. So, all network shows are union shows, okay? And those union shows have a a base rate of what a writer makes per week, okay? And it's um, that that base pay would be considered very high, you know, uh, in the in the regular world, okay. So, and that's just the lowest you can be paid for the week. And uh, but the non-union shows don't have those rules. They can pay the writer, writer whatever the fuck they want, right? 
Like, for instance, RuPaul's Drag Race is a non-union show. You can tell by the writing, right? But it, 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 most cable shows, the vast majority of cable shows are non-union shows. I'm talking about basic cable, like VH1, those shows, uh, uh, MTV shows. They're all non-union shows. Any, pretty much any Viacom sh- channel uh, is a non-union show. Because it's cheap. They can pay whatever they, little shit that they want, and then those people move on. And so he had a non-union show. They didn't have to pay union wage. And when he brought me on, and I don't know what his motivation is, but he paid me the WGA, the union, minimum. So I made a fucking shit ton of money for those two weeks of work. And uh, for me, at least. And it really saved me out of a jam. And so um, that's why when... He called me and asked me for that. All these memories came rushing back of all these things. Whatever whatever his motivation was, whatever it was, that when he said, I, I realized this was my turn to step up to the plate, that this was the person that needed the money, and I have the money, and um, if I get it back, I get it back. If I don't, I don't. I've already written it off in my head. You know, um, I think yesterday my being upset about it wasn't necessarily about the situation. It was just it had been a whole fucking day. And for that to be the end of the day, I was like, yeah, of course. You know, just like, fuck, sure. <laughs> All right. Get in line, you know, because this morning I just got it done, got it taken care of. And it was completely fine. And, uh, you know, what's so funny is then after I did it, he was, you know, obviously, again, it was very uncomfortable and awkward. And he was trying to be make small talk and be funny and nice. And and he would kept saying, you know, oh, well, you know, I have $100 I can send you right now. I'm like, mm, no, just, you know, I have, I have to, and the respect I gave him was going along with his dumb lie, right? So I was like, when the Citibank stuff gets sorted out, uh, just, you know, just pay me back when you get that Citibank stuff sorted out. And look, I realized that the Citibank stuff may, quote, unquote, never get sorted out. And if it does, great. It'll just immediately get paid off my uh, the debt, you know. But um, if it if it doesn't, that's it's already done. You know, I was telling Adavat um, that Jonathan. I always make fun of Jonathan because, as far as you guys know, he's just a horrible human being. But you know, he's my best friend for fifteen years, or one of my best friends for fifteen years. And um, he, I, I remember he was telling me a story about someone in D.C. or someone he knew asked him to borrow money and uh he said that uh he he gave the guy the money he realized he wasn't going to get it back and that um he and he tells me he goes a wise man once told me you know don't lend a friend money give them money you know you don't lend a friend money you you give them the money and then if they pay you back what i just said right now and i go oh my god that is really smart who said that and he was like it was you and I guess he reminded me, I didn't remember, that many years before that, he was in a financial pinch, and he, I, I lent him, quote-unquote, $500, right? And uh, I told him, you know, pay me back when you can pay me back. I've written this off. The friendship is worth way more than $500. You know, you don't lend a friend money. You just give them the money, yada, yada, yada. And then that had been an important lesson for him and that he had learned that. And um, 
And uh, yeah, so sometimes even ourselves from our past can teach us. Like, look, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm happy that I just gave somebody uh, $850, right? But um, look, everyone should know this. Actually, this money didn't come from Afterthought money. But Afterthought saved a ton of money um, with not having to have Evan and George and Jim- and Jimmy come out here. Uh, it looks like Taylor's not going to come out here. So even though the money wasn't intermingled in, in this, for purposes of this, it is intermingled. And that money never belonged to me in the first place, you know, because it was going to go to Jimmy, George, Evan, and Taylor. I thought they probably saved some money. It's going to be way more than $850. So do good things to people, everybody. You get paid back. Because you know what? If oh, I said the thing. My friend is not... My friend is in a bad place right now. But in Hollywood, people can be right back on top of someday. I'll tell you what. You know, we can remember that $850. And it'll be worth way more than that then. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>